What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tack podcast. This one, obviously, last minute here, uh, last minute, uh, unannounced, impromptu, however you want to word that. But uh, we did have the verdict in the uh, trial of Cal Rittenhouse come down. Uh, not guilty on all accounts. I don't want to uh, really talk about that. There's people that are uh, talking about that and, and various aspects of the, the case itself and, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking things, all of that. I want to take a little different approach with this podcast uh, and talk a little bit about things we can learn from this entire situation. I've got uh, actually a little list written out here. We're going to go through these um, and uh, we're going to bring in uh, bring in my buddy Ghost Tactical here in a minute. Uh, but uh, yeah, point of record, November 19th, 2021 on this, just in case nobody knows. And um, we are, as always, going to give a shout out, special thank you to those who support the channel through Patreon. And uh, we did have uh, Tara Smith and seems like another one that I can't remember now. Uh, jump on board, forgive me, but uh, let me jump over here because I love to give shout outs to the new folks. And unfortunately, I can't uh, remember off the top of my head because it's a really weird username <laughs> who the other one was. But we had Tara Smith and, oh, the TN Pickers show uh, jump in uh, the Patreon crew over there. So shout out to the Patreon crew, of course, the YouTube channel members, those that kick in a super chat and all of that. Remember, as we're moving forward, uh, if you are joining us live, then you can uh, get my attention by typing the at symbol CloverTac at CloverTac. Uh, and that will, uh, of course, highlight my name, get my attention for those comments. And we'll throw them up here, comments, questions, all that stuff. And then uh, second of all, you could super chat. If you do choose to super chat, of course, thank you for that. We appreciate it. And as always, you can shop clovertech.com slash shop great deals over there on swag so um yeah with that out of the way oh one more thing i want to mention and plug before we bring ghost in and get started on this is the podcast from yesterday if you didn't check that out had uh, joe on with national shooting sports foundation nssf talking about shot show that organization a lot of cool stuff was an amazing conversation uh, and i uh, encourage you to definitely check that out so uh, with that said, let's bring in the ghostess with the mostest. What's happening, bro? What's going on, man? Yeah, thanks for having me. Should be an interesting conversation. It is. So I'm going to start out here by saying, um, if you are in replay out there in the audio podcast world, typically, shame on you, join us live, and you can jump into the chat like all these other fine folks are and uh, communicate back and forth and also take part in the poll that we've got up. Are you surprised by the verdict at all? Currently 28% say yes, uh, 72% no. And we'll, uh, before we close out the podcast recording today, uh, we'll catch up with that. Um, where do you fall on that poll ghost? Yes or no? I'm not surprised. I will say this. Um, I thought that the jury deliberations would only take at most a day. I never really thought that he was going to be found guilty. I thought he'd be acquitted at all times, but the longer this drew out with jury deliberations, I'm not going to lie, I got a little bit more nervous each day. Because um, typically, what what that tells me is it's not it's 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 the jury's not on the same page. Um, you know, the the quick the quick decisions are usually favor historically favor the defendant. 
Um, the long ones historically favor the prosecution. And like I said, the longer this drug, this drug out, I got a little bit more nervous every day, but I was ultimately not surprised he was, because if, if you take out everything else and just make it about the shootings, which is what this trial is about, there is no way a reasonable person could come up with an idea that he wasn't being attacked, that it was not self-defense. Right. And, and it's the job of the prosecution. Uh, right. It all falls Correct. on it all falls on them. The uh, burden to, of proof is on the right. prosecution. And that was a very difficult. I'm not even so sure. This is my I'm not even so sure that the prosecution probably wanted to do it. But I think they felt like they probably had to. I, I, I think they probably knew going in. This is going to be a really difficult trial. Yeah. And um, and we're going to get into some of the things I think we can learn moving forward watching other trials, paying attention to other things, simply by some of the stuff that the prosecution done. That's some of the things that uh, that we learned here for sure, I think. Um, so let's jump into this again. Uh, not really commenting much here on uh, the decision or after what the aftermath might be. You're really going to jump into all that. Instead, I want to focus on things that we might can learn from this entire situation. And since Kyle is a central figure in all of this. I'm going to start out with a couple of things here, a couple of my thoughts uh, with Kyle that I think that we, we really need to take to heart, we need to pay attention to, um, and maybe do better at as people, as we talk to other people, especially as we educate other people. Um, you know, the title of this is What Did We Learn? These questions are all about educating ourselves and educating other ones. And, you know, I think, you know, I think the vast majority of people probably agree, uh, if we're being intellectually honest, that this whole ordeal came about by a lot of bad decisions by Kyle. Uh, now, granted, he was a kid, a 17-year-old kid. Um, heck, even a 20-something-year-old could be a kid and making bad decisions. Uh, but I'm 46 and make bad decisions. So, yeah. Right. So especially when you're making bad decisions and it involves a firearm, right? Um, I think we got to do a better job at preaching education on that. Like you need to be much more vigilant and aware and all of this other stuff, cognizant of risks and everything else, especially in the situation uh, when you have that that firearm. And that's kind of my position on that. Uh, not belittling Kyle in any way. Uh, any one of us could be put in a situation, make a bad decision, and, and end up in that uh, in the same kind of debacle that Kyle found himself in. So not a dig on him uh, in any way. Again, just something that I think we need to talk about, and we need to make sure other people are aware and, and learning from what's going on. Uh, thoughts on that, Ghost? Yeah, um, you know, I heard something that Steve, Stephen Crowder had said a few days ago, and he said that, you know, for the people out there that said he shouldn't have been there, he has the right to be there. Well, having the right to be there, having the right to have possessed that firearm doesn't make it right. And I'm not saying that he was wrong. I'm just saying this is a, a learning moment well, that hopefully there's yeah. another 17-year-old kid that says, hey, you know, wanting to do something for the positive is a great thing, but maybe the next kid or the next person sits back and said, maybe I won't strap the AR on. Maybe I won't invite, you know, maybe I'll carry a handgun instead of 
the, the AR. I, who knows? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, like you said, there were decisions that were made that led to these tragic shootings. And yes, guys, we can sit there and say they were in self-defense. Any life taken is tragic. Okay, it doesn't matter what kind of person they were, if they were felons, if they were rapists, it makes no difference. We as gun owners don't want any lives taken with firearms, even if it's in self-defense. So that being said, you know, there's a lot of the decisions, like you said, that get us to this point. I'm glad he was acquitted. It's a great thing for self-defense. It's a great thing that a jury of his peers still hold self-preservation at the highest esteem. But we might not have, have maybe had to have been in this position to begin with. Right. Well, I don't see it as I don't see it as an issue of right or wrong. I think when you, we talk right or wrong, we start dividing the sides. Right. And so I think of it as as smart and not so smart. Right. And I mean, he made a lot of bad, not wrong decisions. He made a lot of bad decisions. Right. Uh, he certainly you, you got every right to make whatever decision you want to make uh, if it's a legal if it's a legal act or a legal thing, right? You certainly have that right to do it. That doesn't mean it's smart. That doesn't mean it's the optimal move. That doesn't mean it's the less risky of those actions. And I think that's where I think that's where we can we can certainly learn something. Um, pick it on Kyle with one more point here, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the prosecution. We're going to talk about the media. We're going to talk about a lot of different things that we can uh, that we can learn here. But the next one with Kyle is he was on the stand, Binger, which was the prosecution. Uh, he was being cross-examined, uh, and they got into the the they got into the firearms. They got into what he did with the firearms. Uh, you know how he acquired them uh, the day or the not the day before, but uh, Ghost. You said you wanted to jump in. You want to jump in real quick? Uh, no, I'll let you finish this one. Then I'll after this thoughts over, maybe. Okay. So anyway. And the story was, Kyle's told the story, and I found this really weird. And I realized that not everybody out there has watched the entire trial. Uh, I certainly haven't uh, myself. But there, this struck me as weird, that he went over to his friend's house who had bought the rifle, right? Um, and the rifle was being kept there. And he walks over there. And the whole reason that it was supposedly over there is that his dad owned a safe. Uh, but when he gets over there, prior to going to this protest, rally, whatever you want to call it, uh, riot, uh, he goes over there to his friend's house. Uh, they're getting ready. And he says, hey, your rifle's downstairs. He goes downstairs. His rifle is loaded and everything. Kyle admits on the stand to not checking it to see if it's loaded, not check. It's got a magazine in uh, and everything else. Uh, now, couple that with the cross-examination from the prosecution of Kyle, when they're talking about the projectile types, full metal jacket versus hollow point and all of this other stuff. And Kyle, look at the look on his face when he's being asked these questions. You can tell he doesn't understand. He doesn't really know the difference between full metal jacket, soft point, um, you know, expanding tip, um, ballistic tip, um, whatever, right? Um, and it's apparent by some of his you know, some of his comments. And so this leads into a, a bigger situation of education, in my opinion, right? So if you've got a 17-year-old kid that's already willing to make these bad decisions, right, um, to go out and do something, 
with a firearm that he doesn't have that much education on, apparently and obviously. That um, doesn't he doesn't even legally own at the time. Right. So there's just all of this stuff around general firearm education. And and I get it. I mean, probably his first gun, I'm assuming. I don't think we know that for a fact, but it really wasn't even his gun, right? Um, and so there's a lot of novice newbie thinking and newbie newbie moves there. So maybe again, it goes back into the bad decision thing. Maybe before you decide to take your rifle out to some type of an event like that where it's high risk and potentially there's going to be uh, issues with it maybe you're a little more comfortable and and everything with maybe you seek out a little more education and you prepare yourself a little more now it's obvious he was able to handle himself under pressure it was obvious he was able to uh if you see all of the the, the video that's out there the trigger discipline he's got and everything else muzzle discipline was pretty good considering he was right, running well right Right. And that's what's so baffling to me about this and why I want to harp on and stress what we can learn about education is that even with all of that stuff that we see on film, that we think that Kyle Rittenhouse is this 17 year old operator and he just performed so tremendously. He must be, you know, a member of SEAL Team 6. But the testimony on the witness stand shows otherwise. It shows that he really had a lack of education in a lot of aspects when it comes to firearms. And I think that we need to be really careful about uh, holding him up on a pedestal, especially again, not digging on Kyle, but holding him up on a pedestal of he's the pinnacle firearm owner or pinnacle person of self-defense or anything like that, because we're talking about an uneducated kid that made bad decisions, you know, was, was unsafe and unprepared in many ways when it came to uh, possessing, carrying, uh, and utilizing that firearm. And, and again, that's my opinion, but I think that's what we, you know, some of the things we can learn from this. Again, acquittal on all five accounts. I totally agree. That was 100% the correct decision, I think. And the jury made that. Uh, but we can obviously learn some things. So I'll let you go, Ghost. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to, I think he was educated throughout this whole process. Uh, maybe the next time that he... You know, even if he is, he's old enough now to own that AR and buy it himself and all that, um, he goes and buys one. He doesn't keep it in someone else's safe. And if he does keep it in someone else's safe or someone else's possession and it's out, the first question I'm asking is, why is my rifle out? Why is the magazine in it? Why, why have you touched my firearm without my permission? You know, um, those are the questions maybe that, that you might want to go through your head and saying, if these guys are willing to take my rifle out, load it and just have it sitting on the ground waiting for me, what else are they going to? Maybe I shouldn't surround myself with certain people, not saying his decisions of, of the self-defense were bad. But like you said, there was a lot of stuff that happened prior to these incidents that are questionable on decision making. And a lot of that is just being naive, being young, you know, not knowing what you don't know. Right. All of this. But like you said, an educational, this is a learning thing, not only for anyone else out there, but for him. I would imagine he's going to be extremely careful for the rest of his life when he handles a firearm. Right. And that's not a bad thing. And I've got to think he'll probably seek out education, whether that's YouTube videos or an actual training course or whatever the case may be. Uh, I've got to think after this and, and with a lot of the things that came up, right, um, that you know, if he continues to be a firearm owner, a firearm you know, enthusiast, a, a firearm user, uh, 
you know, that he will become more educated. Again, I, I don't chalk it up to, uh, you know, Rich White out there. You know, I'll go ahead and bring this up on the screen. But it says if you say that carrying um, an AR was bad, you just bought into the ADA's nonsense that Rittenhouse provoked everything. Obviously, the jury disagreed. Uh, or uh, he couldn't have been acquitted of all charges. And again, I'm not saying that carrying the AR-15 was bad. I'm saying that there was dumb decisions. I don't want to say dumb because, again, that's in, that gets inflammatory when you say right there or wrong not, or bad. There were naive or ignorant decisions being made. Right, right. And so, and, and there was definitely, it was apparent from the testimony, there was a lack of education. And so you, you couple all of these things together and you get a cocktail that ultimately led to the events. Now, that's a totally, the, what led to the events, as Ghost pointed out earlier, is totally different from your right to self-defense once you're there and somebody's attacking you. It's that's two totally different balls of wax, right? And so again, the jury, the jury, I agree, made the made the right decision. So let's get off of Kyle because anytime you talk about Kyle, we know this is going to happen. Uh, people are going to get you know, attitudes. They're going to get defensive. They're going to, you know, they'll probably take me out of context, and that's fine. That for some reason I'm anti-Kyle, and I'm totally not. But again, let's learn things from this situation. Let's not just rah rah Kyle's free and go about our things. Let's look at things. Let's analyze. Let's let's talk about it a little bit. Um, and so with that, let's move on to the prosecution, uh, specifically Binger, specifically Binger. So. This is this is crazy. The, the first thing I'll say about this that we can learn is we need to pay attention um, to political winds, to political pressures, to other things um, that cause charges to be levied and, and filed that maybe shouldn't have been filed in the first place. Uh, and with with Binger and with the prosecution, I think this was very apparent from the start. Um, they had really poor evidence. Um, I mean, take the drone footage, for example, and how horrible that was. And they were trying to spin that, but they only brought that in after the fact because they changed tactics throughout this trial about a half a dozen different times. Well, that shows that you really don't have a plan of attack or an avenue, right? For your prosecution case. Um, if you're changing up tactics like that. And so because of changing up the tactics, because of the poor evidence, they had evidence they presented that they had no witnesses to back up the evidence. They also, specifically Binger in this case, which was one of the prosecutors, um, violated Kyle's civil rights in court multiple times. You've probably already seen, I don't have to, to get into it, but you've probably already seen uh, the YouTube clips and the other things of the judge getting irate at finger at the prosecution and that's why he crossed the line and the judge specifically said he crossed the line many times he's like i think you're right up against the line as a matter of fact i think you're over the line and he said that several times so by the way that the prosecution was flailing around and flinging things at the wall and trying to bring in crappy drone footage pixelated video by the way they're expert um, testifying to the authenticity and the methods by which that was enlarged, taken and enlarged, did an absolutely horrible job on the stand on top of that. So even with all of that, I don't understand how they could even, how they could even attempt to try this case, right? And look themselves in the mirror as lawyers and as prosecutors and as people who are trying to, the whole point of prosecution is to get to the truth, right? 
Um, and so it it's really counterproductive when they start throwing all these things at the wall. So uh, I'm not real sure what's going on, but this whole thing, I think from the start, because of all of those things, and we can learn this um, in maybe future self-defense cases, because of all of this, it's the defense's case to lose at this point. And I think that's what we've seen. It, it really was the defense's case to lose pretty much this whole time. What yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about the way the prosecution handled this, which I think was uh, a joke. They'll probably be utilizing this case in law school on how not to prosecute. I mean, it's seriously, like you said, they, they changed they changed, you know, directions not even just midstream, about every time they paddle, they seem to have changed directions. Once again, I go back to the point that I don't think that they really, really wanted to prosecute this. I think they were almost pressured because of the height of what was going on in August of 2020 mm-hmm. and the riots. I think they were almost pressured. We've got to do something. We have to prosecute this, whether we want to or not, because it seems to me, that's just my opinion, their hearts weren't in it from the very beginning. I think right. they knew they didn't have the evidence. I knew they didn't. They, there's no way they could have proven the burden, the burden of proof. Mm-hmm. And they went through the motions because I think they felt like they had to. Um, that, that's the way. Remember, DAs are elected officials as well. Uh, they're not appointed. They're elected. And so a lot of DAs, you know, we don't know when when they're, you know, when they're going to be up for reelection or whatever. We don't know. Um, that being said, I'll say this. Um, as far as the defense goes, you said it was almost theirs to lose. hundred percent was theirs to lose. A lot of people were, I remember watching a lot, especially on the, on the day that Kyle took the stand, a lot of people in the chat rooms and there, I watched several different feeds and all that just kind of get an idea of what people were thinking throughout the country in different feeds, both liberal and conservative feeds. And a lot of people were saying, I can't believe the, the defense has let this type of questioning go on. Why? They knew that every question, first of all, Kyle Rittenhouse, you've got to give him props. He did, for an 18-year-old kid, he stayed composed. I think he did a remarkable job on the stand. And they knew that the prosecution were asking questions and crossing civil rights lines. They knew the prosecutions were almost hanging themselves. So in, in theory, he and I have talked about this in private. In theory, the whole reason for an objection is for a few reasons. One of them is because they feel like the questions aren't lawful or they feel like the questions are going not going to benefit. They don't want the, 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 their clients to have to answer certain questions and all that. The reason why the defense hardly ever objected during the cross-examination of the prosecution is they realized, first of all, this kid's doing really well. He doesn't need our help right now. The jury's going to see by the idiotic questions that are being asked by the prosecution, we don't have to object. This kid can handle this prosecutor on his own. And every time we object, it shows that we're scared. And I don't think they were ever scared. So a lot of people are saying, why was the defense doing objections? They didn't need to. Let the prosecution hang themselves. And that's exactly what they did. Like you said. It was probably the defense's case to lose, and they did absolutely nothing to lose the case. They didn't have to win the case, guys. That's the whole thing. They don't have to win the case. The prosecution has to win the the case. 
So I thought the Mark Richards uh, and the I'm not sure the bald guy is. He he was pretty good, but Richards. Yeah, I can't I can't pronounce his name. It's yeah, I, I I don't even want to try to butcher it. But Richards yeah. did a phenomenal job. Um, yeah, kudos to the defense attorneys. I feel sorry for the prosecutors because they are going to get thrashed for a long, long time on how they handle this case. Yeah, and they had a they had a chance to reset because the defense come out uh, at first because of all the civil rights violations. They come out and ask for uh, for mistrial with prejudice, and then they just come out and ask for a mistrial. And at that point, um, the the prosecution probably should have took that. They probably should have agreed to it. Said, "Hey, judge, we'll go with that." Right? That way, they had a reset button. Um, but I think the I think the point to this before we move on, I got I got another point to make with uh, the prosecution and Binger before we move into some of these other things. I think we can learn. But I think what we've learned here is that you better not go into a case as a prosecutor. You better not go into a case solely on political pressuring, political posturing, or that sort of thing. You better make sure you got your ducks in a row. You better make sure you got your witnesses lined out. You better make sure that you've got, uh, that you utilize the correct tact in court by not, i.e., by not violating civil rights. Um, otherwise, you know, I don't think you've got, you've got a chance to chance to win you know to win i just i don't see it yeah and and i don't know how wisconsin law i'm not a lawyer first of all i'm not a lawyer of any kind but i don't know how wisconsin law works but you know before anything goes to trial there's usually preliminary hearings that the prosecution has to display the evidence that they plan on presenting to the court but it's not in front of the jury. At this point, it's in front of the judge. And the judge will make the pre- preliminary thing, okay, yes, there is enough evidence to send this to trial or not. I'm wondering how they ever got to trial because we saw the evidence that was displayed by the prosecution. How was that ever – how was that ever – how do I put this? How was it ever taken by that judge to say, yeah, I think because, they've got enough to take this to trial? I, I just well, don't get it. Well, that goes into what I talked about. They, the prosecution changed up their story and they changed up their tactics, right? They, the, what we ended on was provocation. And there's folks out there in the chat live that are, they're speaking to that. That's what they ended on, right? That, you know, if somebody, if Kyle provoked somebody that changes the whole thing, they didn't start out the trial in that, in that fashion. And they've switched the narrative and, and everything, the way at which they were approaching the prosecution. They switched it several times. So the, the, the points they were arguing to get it to trial, right, were good enough to get it to trial. But then once the it points got to- were, but there was obviously no evidence to support their claims. You have to present evidence before it goes to trial. What evidence did they ever show? that shows anything that they were claiming. Then the video itself, you just put the video on and any reasonable person sit there and say, this isn't even close to being aggravation, you know? Right. right. I don't know. And That's it, just me. That's just me. I don't know. Well, and I agree. And, 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 you know, we can speculate on the, the what's and why's. I mean, some of it seems to be that this particular judge um, is, is fairly non-confrontational, likes to let things play out. Um, and, 
you know, we're going to get into the media side of things here in a minute. Unless but, you break the First Amendment in this courtroom, then he has a big problem with that. Right. Or the, or the fifth, yeah. Or the fifth, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think that's one of the reasons. I think I think in the, in the coming days or weeks or months, we'll find that out um, as we get into maybe hearing from some jurors and some other things. But I think that, I think that he kind of knew the way it was going to go regardless, right? And rather than having things, because if this would have ended in a mistrial or a hung jury or whatever, it would have been a much different situation for Kyle than full acquittal. Agreed? Even if it was, yeah, absolutely. Even even if it was, um, you know, if, if, they, if, if they got rid of it with prejudice, there would still be backlash saying, well, this was a mistrial with prejudice. It doesn't mean that he wasn't guilty. It just means that the prosecution screwed up. So, yes, the only way that this is going to get cleaned up is exactly what happened, a full right. acquittal. Because there's right. no way they can go now with double jeopardy. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of Monday morning quarterback and guessing the judge and, you know, and, and second guessing the judge and other things. But, you know, ultimately, I think it all panned out better, better for Kyle. Uh, than it would have any other way. Now, I want to go back into education because we picked on Kyle a little bit earlier uh, on the whole education front uh, as things we could we could learn. And with Binger, we ha- we've got the same thing. So this is going to jump off on a bit of a tangent, so bear with me out there just a little bit. But somebody mentioned it out there when uh, Binger had the had the rifle, picked up the rifle and was, was using it and, you know, finger on the trigger and, you know, just bad form and everything else pointing it at the jury and so and so you start hearing this uproar from people of always treat a firearm as if it's loaded well that's not entirely true and i'm getting really sick and tired of people just using that and putting a period at the end of that sentence there needs to be a comma there and the reason is by saying that you always treat a firearm as if it's loaded then it's really scary sounding to people so if you've got people that are new to firearms or maybe they're skittish with firearms or whatever, you're never going to pull those people over. You're never going to get those people to understand that it's about the person. We always talk about it's the person, not the firearm, right? So let's let's emphasize that there are certain safety rules in play and that in certain situations, if that firearm has been checked it has been cleared do you there's nobody listening to this chat that always treats a firearm as if it's loaded and if you do you've never cleaned a gun and that's my point and i'll rest my case with that so we have to be really careful about how we go out we demonize and we make fun and we put out memes and all this other stuff because i'm seeing it and from my perspective it looks like we're being really hard on anybody that has a, that has a firearm. We're making it look really dangerous and really taboo or something, and it's really not. It's just you need to make sure that it's it's cleared, and everything's cleared. It's been double checked by somebody. It's you're in a safe, controlled environment. Yada yada yada. Blah blah blah. And then you know from there, then you talk about what I consider the three safety rules. And if you follow any one of those, you virtually mitigate the chance of uh, anything bad happening to zero, which is finger off the trigger, action open and, you know, clear or basically not loaded. Uh, and then uh, your, your muzzle discipline, of course. Um, but Ghost, you you had uh, brought up an interesting point. 
um, earlier about the defense. You want to talk about that in this situation? Yeah, before I go into that, I also want to say this is we like to throw the the, the binger meme around. And it's been thrown around a ton on social media, and I get it. It's a horrible optic for him. But let's 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 understand one thing. We as firearm owners, people that take safety very seriously, understand the safety rules of firearms. I have to assume that Binger is not a firearm owner or has very limited, if any, experience holding a firearm. Right. Because yeah. anyone that has any experience at all, without even thinking about it, is going to have their finger indexed above the trigger guard. Mm-hmm. That's just the way we, you know, that's the way it is. That's just a natural, that's just second nature for us. So by him putting his finger into the trigger guard, that just shows me that he doesn't ha- he hasn't been educated. So it's not like he is a firearm owner that's having bad safety. He's a guy who's made and have never ever shot a gun in his life. So how can we expect this guy to have perfect mechanics when that very well could be one of every five times he's ever held a gun, much less put right. one to his shoulder? That being said, is whatever. Yeah, what you're talking about that I saw and anyone that saw it when. That had the AR and Binger does his thing. Well, later on, the defense is doing some questioning, and Richards goes over to the bailiff or whoever was in control of the fire, and probably some, I don't know, government, I don't know who it was. It was a, it was a guy. And he said, Can I see the, the AR? And the guy hands it to him, and before he walks away, he says, Has this been cleared? Has this been checked? It was pretty obvious to me that he didn't know how to do it because he couldn't he couldn't figure out how to rock the um, the charging handle. So it was obvious to me he couldn't do it. But instead of just saying, "Well, I can't do," it, I'm gonna walk away, and you know, he handed it back to the guy and made sure that he checked it and cleared it before he walked away. So that goes against what I just said to a certain extent. Is just because you don't have experience. You don't have training. You don't have the knowledge of the safety arms. It's pretty much common knowledge to handle a gun, make sure it's safe. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure that Richards has ever shot an AR because he didn't know how to, to rack. Like I said, he didn't even know how to rack the charging handle. Right. But he felt something that I'm not going to walk away until this has been checked and cleared by someone. Right. So that was a positive thing as well. And yeah. maybe someone had told him, hey, this dude's already all over social media with memes. You might want to check that rifle before you handle it. I don't know what the reason why, but he right. did it, and the other guy didn't. Yeah. Well, as far as Binger, uh, Midnight Range TM out there, he has a great point, and I agree with this. He said, that, talking about Binger, that he pointed the gun at the jury on purpose. Uh, he wanted to make the jury feel uncomfortable with that gun. So, and, and I have no doubt it was a, it was a tactical play. It, it, it almost seems logical that somebody would do that, right? Uh, even though you're not supposed to. So, yeah, let's get off of Binger. We picked on Kyle a little bit as far as what we can learn. We picked on Binger a little bit as far as what we can learn. And let's talk about the court of public opinion uh, and the media because this is one thing I'm actually proud of. Kudos. Take a moment. Slow clap for this jury. Um, it, you know, it'll come out later as to, you know, what the holdouts were. I've heard reports that there was two, there was only one, that it was the jury foreman. Um, that was, that was a holdout. Um, we, we don't know at this point, obviously, 
but you know, ultimately, like I said before, they made the correct decision. I don't like even I don't like using right or wrong. They made the correct decision. Um, and so um, in spite of this intimidation of the legal process, um, and we see that, we see that, you know, not just with the old school media, let's not call them mainstream media, because by God, you're listening to the mainstream media. This is the new media. This is it. This is the pinnacle of uh, the, uh, the the cream of the crop or the, what the cream rises, I guess, as Macho Man says. Rich White out there will correct me on that, I'm sure. Um, they're old school. They're antiquated. They're playing catch up. Um, and, you know, that's part of why you see the the, the games that they play. Um, that from, from, you know, the media to just public opinion. And when I say public opinion, I mean, you know, politicians, I mean, NBA players, I mean, I mean whoever, right, uh, that make these statements um, dealing with a legal case and a legal issue and a trial that's going on, an ongoing trial, right? Um, that haven't reviewed the evidence. They're not watching everything that's going on as far as the court proceedings. You know, all they know is they've read some headlines and they form an opinion and they throw it out there like it's some type of a fact. Um, and so we've had that going on for, what, well over a year now. Uh, unfortunately, that perpetuates these weird narratives like Kyle was a racist. It's like he didn't he didn't even point a gun at a black dude. He was cleaning graffiti off the wall with with some black people in a neighborhood earlier. He, he where, where do you get that? Right. Oh, this was a Black Lives Matter protest or rally. Because or riot. Militias like, in general must be racist. There wouldn't be malicious if they were, you know, I, 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 think, I guess. I yeah. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't get it either. But it's it's why are why are we we going down that road so you know despite like i said all of the the death threats the intimidation the 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 false narratives that have been out there uh this jury 100 percent that's something we can learn is it sort of restores my faith at least in when i see something like this it restores my faith uh in the judge said it best, and, and this is why I threw this in there is something that we could learn from this. Uh, I don't know if anybody watched the closing and the verdict all the way through where the judge oh, yeah. was, was yeah. thanking the jury, but he said the founding fathers would be proud of you. Well, and I believe, I, I and I believe that it, to be true. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to this is much more than just a self-defense murder trial slash murder trial, okay? This was 100% about the American Constitution, including the Second Amendment. Um, it was 100% about our justice system. This was a great day for the justice system. This was this very easily. Your audio got wonky there, Ghost. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I could hear you, but you sound like you're in a whale, so, or you're on the moon or something. So we'll see if we can't get Ghost's audio fixed and uh, while he's doing that. Nah, it's still jinky. It's on Wi-Fi. Um, there you go. You're back. Okay. I took it off Wi-Fi, so I might, I might have been walking too far from the Wi-Fi thing. Anyways, um, this is about um, the justice system more importantly because mm -hmm. in front of any other judge, this very easily could have gone to a mistrial with prejudice, and we never would have had to go to the jury. Now it's precedent. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's on the books mm -hmm. that a jury of his peers found him unequivocally 
not guilty. It's on the books forever. And this is a huge day for the justice system because of all the media scrutiny and everything that went on. Not guilty on all counts by a jury of his peers. Yep. This is a huge day for the justice system. Like you said, it kind of almost re, you know, reinforces my belief in the ju- in the justice system. But right. this is now precedent forever, yep. which is huge. Yep. And you know what I don't know, what I don't understand is the the old school, the lame stream at media. Um, they're not going to learn from this. The next the next big thing that comes along, they'll continue to do the same thing. And, you know, it, it's crazy to think what if there wasn't all of this court of public opinion media crap going on, right? It's like, what would have happened then? Could have been a whole different situation. Who, who knows what could have happened? And so, but will they ever, will they ever attempt to try that? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they can keep their mouths shut. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have to take the bait. They have to. I'll tell you something that I, I found kind of interesting is I don't know if you guys were watching any of Richard's interview outside the courthouse when it was over. I don't remember which news outlet was he was is at a podium and he was answering questions and all that. And he straight up said, you know, because they had 18 jurors in that courtroom the entire time. Once the case was sent to the jury, they did a lottery. They literally picked out 12 names and the other six were then not part of the jury. And Richard set up straight up said that three of the jurors that they thought were going to be very, very strong in their, you know, and on their side mm-hmm. that they felt good about were not used in the t- final 12 man jury, 12 person jury. Right. So he's like, I'm not going to say anything, but I got, I got a little nervous when we lost three jurors that we were hoping were going to be on that jury. He says, we lost three of three of the six people that were dismissed or three that we felt strong about. He goes, so yeah, it could have gone either way. And even he said, this reassures the justice system is still good. It's, is it perfect? No. Nope. But there are slivers of wins like this that still say, okay, there are still, with all the media scrutiny out there, there are still, there were 12 people that logically looked at this case and said, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're gun people or anti-gun, it makes no we, we We probably will find out eventually but it doesn't matter there were 12 people that unequivocally said this was self-defense enough's enough let's be done with it that's a beautiful thing right um so rich out there on the precedent thing uh rich is our resident lawyer by the way i think <laughs> says, no, uh, rich rich knows everything about everything and it, have, it has nothing to do with federal precedent rich yeah. it's the fact that this is on the books this is on the books that this was a, a full acquittal under all accounts. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't case matter law. If it's, federal, it's case law. Case this law. can be yeah. taught in any law school in America and say, hey, in Wisconsin, this happened. This could be used in, 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 in any sorts of law school and all that. It's case law and it's on the books. Mm-hmm. Don't get tongue twisted over the wording. It's 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 on the books. It is still present, whether it's federal or at the state level. It doesn't make a difference. Right. Yeah. And unlike a mistrial. Right. Um, 
you know, that was the, that's the thing with the mistrial. You never would have had this decision. Exactly. You know? That's the yeah. whole point. It's, it's yeah. good this went to a, to the jury. Yeah. And, and that's why, and that's the whole point of, the whole point of this podcast was what did we learn? And I think we learned that, you know, a jury of our peers, the, you know, the, the country is not completely upside down. I think that's what we learned with this, because despite all of the, everything that went on, right, they come to the correct verdict. Um, and I think that's uh, I think that's a good thing. So. Um, so we've got uh, fine ape out there uh, off off topic tangent, but he says uh, now just got a little free time today and a new phone trying to learn. Uh, congrats. I got a new phone today as well. There'll be more to that uh, in the near future. Uh, my case won't get here till Monday for it, probably. So uh, I'll start playing around with mine Monday because I don't want to accidentally drop it. And uh, it'd be like my old phone. That would suck. So uh, and then find AP's on fire. He says, what's that? Who's that girl? He said, a little ghosty fell down the well. So, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely weird. So, uh, yeah, that was the learning things that uh, if you came in late, unfortunately, back up and and. And catch them, but um, you know, again, not digging on, uh, not digging on Kyle. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see uh, him get exonerated. Uh, I hate that he had to go through the whole ordeal, uh, and I don't think he uh, was guilty of uh, doing anything illegal. Um, I do think he made some not smart decisions. I do. I do think that he needs to be educated a little more on firearms, particularly if he's going to grab one and run uh, out into uh, public and into, uh, you know, a, a protest or a riot or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, taking it upon itself to do that. Uh, as far as Binger, yeah, we we dug on Binger pretty hard. Uh, same thing. Binger needs to be educated with firearms, especially if he's going to prosecute firearm cases. That or he needs to bring on. Uh, expert witnesses to cover that or, or handle the, the firearms or do some things. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the prosecution. I mean, you just you just don't need to prosecute if you can't uh, do a better job because from day one, this was uh, the defense's case, I think, to lose. And then, of course, we finished up on the uh, uh, on the court of public opinion. And we know I'll know how that is. So a great, great day. Um, I think for the legal system and for American morale and citizen morale and, you know, what I think about, you know, having a, a jury of my peers, um, man, it just, it, it, there's, there's a lot, lot to unpack. And I think we unpacked a lot, unlike, uh, uh some of the channels, uh, you know, we did not go into, uh, real heavy on the decisions and, you know, rah, rah, and, you know, just making it completely political. Uh, I wanted to do this podcast and talk about things we could, uh, things we could learn, of course. Uh, Ghost, you said you had uh, follow up. So, yeah, you had talked earlier about, uh, you know, us as a group being the new mainstream media and the media's, you know, and we talk about the media was so negative because anti-gun and all that, blah, 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 blah. Well, someone brought up earlier, they mentioned that apparently two of the jurors were scared, and that's why it took so long. Well, I'm going to put this out straight, guys. So a couple of days ago, Jared at Guns and Gadgets, who 
Think of what you want. My personal opinion doesn't matter. But just because he seemingly is a gun person doesn't mean that just because they're pro-gun making claims that they're not equally as damaging as the other side. So Jared comes on and does a live stream a couple of nights ago and says that apparently the reason why it's taking longer is there are two jurors that are scared of backlash. And he cites that his source is a U.S. marshal. Right. Well, first of all... Right. This is not a federal case. So a U.S. Marshal has probably very little jurisdiction there. Okay. First of all, Jared gets his info from GOA. Make no mistake about it. I'm not trying to dig on Jared. Jared gets his information from GOA, maybe from one or two other sources. But those are his sources. Right. If, in fact, a U.S. Marshal spoke to the GOA about this, he would have spoken to someone else about it. Right. Not one single news source in America well, was covering that the jurors were scared. So I go back to say this. Just because someone is a pro-gun source doesn't necessarily mean that they're right and they have the facts either. So before people go out and say this is fact, do your own research. Well, you know, what? What I find strange with that is that, um, okay, let's say that that's true. Um, above and beyond Jared and Jared reporting that and, and whatever. Um, I guess what I'm saying is who reported it, right? There's a certain ethical issue there for me. There's a certain hypocrisy issue there for me. Because if we're talking about... a is it is it possible there was a federal marshal that was somehow overseeing the transportation of the jury or something like that? Oh no, that's, there were marshals possible, there, right? There were marshals there, but they have no jurisdiction over the jurors, right? Zero, zero. So, but but if there was there was a marshal that had any kind of insider access to any type of that information, right? Him leaking information about the jury is super worrying regardless of which side or who reports it or what's going on i don't like that that if, if that happened that marshal needs to be fired in my opinion and that may be harsh but he does because what happens if a situation was reversed where we were trying to put a serial killer in jail right and a marshal leaks some crap that ends up tainting the case or the jury or what it, you feel what i'm saying absolutely so by Jared putting that out, to me, that's that's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Um, and we'll learn. You know, that's the thing. And we started off this by saying, um, as things move forward, we will learn. There will be jurors that are going to go on and do interviews and everything else. We know this. Kyle oh, will do interviews. There will be several books, I'm sure, which would yeah. be... You know, that's how, that's how they're going to make their money off this. Let's yeah, no, no, absolutely. And so, you know, we're going to we're going to know the particulars. And this gets into sort of that court of public opinion. We've got to stop being hypocritical in things, you know, um, and we've got to back up and slow our roll a little bit and, you know, wait until we've got solid information and, you know, play cards close to our chest when they need to be played that way. 
you know, for for Regan. I mean, we're talking about a situation where, you know, I get it. I, I, I get it that you want to put that out there and everybody was behind Kyle and blah, blah, blah. I, I get that. I, I'm there too, right? But what if somebody like, and again, we keep bringing up Jared's name, but it could have been anybody, putting out at that, what if that damaged the case? What if that tainted it that ended up causing a mistrial, right? What well, if that what caused, if, what if, what if what that if caused a mistrial up on this story and said, Oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are reports out there that there are two jurors that are scared. And then next thing you know, Hey, due to public safety, we're going to do a mistrial and we're going to bring, you know, we're going to reschedule this and start this thing over again. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. You and know, then the prosecution doesn't make all the mistakes that we've talked about. Them that's making. right. That's right. You know, we, we talk about like in a, in a mass murder situation where there's a tragedy of, of, of someone going in somewhere and shooting a place up. We as a community, I've done it too. I'm not saying that I haven't. We've all done it. But when the initial news reports come out, we start just thrashing the media saying they're making claims without evidence. And we say that's because all they want to do is be the first one to report this stuff. They want to get ahead of the story. We do that, too. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, just be careful. If something seems odd to you, it, really? That's that really? Yeah. Slow down. It back takes, up, one, it takes it. one Google search to see if anybody is reporting the same story. Yeah. And not one in America report the same story. Yeah. Um. Mr. Roboto out there, uh, off topic, but uh, I, I got to pick on him. Uh, he has he won uh, some patches over on uh, Patreon for November, the Patreon uh, patch contest for November, and uh, I've been trying to get in touch with him to get his freaking address to send him patches. But uh, says, yeah, just updated my Patreon with the address. Yay, I won. Yes, you did. So congrats him along with uh, who two A E D U. Justin Ott and PNW Woods uh, were the uh, all the winners for this month. Uh, so thank you. And that gives me a chance to uh, say what I said in the beginning, which was big thanks to the Patreon folks. We've got Tara Smith uh, new and on board. We've got TN, the TN Pickers Show, a uh, new Patreon supporter over there. Thanks for that. Thanks for everybody that are YouTube channel members that uh, throw out super chats in the shop at clovertech.com. Always got to pimp my stuff out, right? Um, so, yeah, we've been going for about an hour. That's normally what we try to do for these podcasts, even though they were, this was impromptu. Uh, again, if you came in late, I invite you to go back, put this on uh, in audio form in the background, uh, and just think about something that some things that we talked about early on. Don't, don't look at this that we're hating on Kyle or we're hating on anybody or whatever, but that we're just, we're looking big picture at this case, at all of the events that led to it and everything else, and uh, and trying to learn something. Uh, that's kind of the exercise. Uh, most folks that, that follow the channel here regularly that know me know I'm big about you know education and trying to learn and extract uh, information and education out of, out of everything. Ghost says he likes to uh, make silver out of poop. Uh, I like to I like to become educated about the poop. So uh, that's kind of my stance. So with that, Ghost, I'll, wow. give, you, I'll give you a couple of minutes <laughs> to follow up here and then any plugs or anything you got before we get out of here. No, it, it's, a, it's a great day for our community, our culture, for anyone 
even if they're not gun owners now or pro-gun right now, every day someone is assaulted or some reason, and that pushes them to say, hey, I want to go get a firearm for self-protection. This is a great day to show that somewhere in America, there were 12 people that stood up and said, yep, self-defense is still alive and well. Right. Uh, regardless of how it got there, regardless if the if the prosecution was terrible and the defense was awesome or they were both terrible, it makes no difference. The fact that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all counts shows right then and there that self-defense is still treasured in this country. So as bad as things get, let's take every little win that we can. And this is a big win. I've seen people crying on Instagram. You know, God love my good friend of mine, Opie and the Smokies, start crying when he saw the verdict. Hey, I, I love you, bro. I never cried, it, you know, but it was one of those things where it affects a lot of people. And like I said, the last few days, I was getting nervous. I thought this was going to be a slam dunk. They shouldn't be in deliberations for more than a few hours a day at the most. Now we're talking three, four days of deliberations. I was like, holy cow, what is going on in that jury room? I will be one of the ones that read books from the jurors because I want to know why it took so long and what the discussions were. That's just me. I like learning that stuff. Yeah. Great day for Kyle Rittenhouse, but let's remember one thing. It is long from being over for Kyle Rittenhouse. There is a possibility. I don't know what the state laws in Wisconsin are, but there are still opportunities possibly for a lot of civil cases, he could be in court. And let's be real. You don't have to have a unanimous jury. It has to be a majority. And it does not have he to be. Can, and it does not have to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's and right. Some of the bad decisions and the non-smart things that we talked about at the very first of this podcast. Right. 100% can come into play in a civil suit. Yeah. And, that, and that's why not, we need to learn from them. Yep. He will not spend any time in jail. But he could very well be time and financially strapped for the rest of his life, depending on what happens in the next couple of years. Because you know it and I know it. Somewhere out there is an ambulance chaser just waiting to file a civil suit and, and you know, for the family of these people that died. Right. It's going to happen. So right. it's not over for Kyle Rittenhouse, but it was a great day in the criminal courts for him today, for sure. Thanks for having me on, bud. Hey, you bet. Uh, real quick, the uh, the Justice Code, again, off topic, but this is breaking news. Actor Tony Danza has passed away, so hold me closer, Tony Danza. Tony Danza, um, yeah. So I hate to hate to hear that, um, but uh, yeah, thanks for that update. Um, as, for, uh, as for this one and as for this channel and me, again, I said it at the first, but I'll say it again. If you didn't catch yesterday's podcast with Joe from NSSF, go back, do yourself a favor listen to that he made some oh he just off the hook that was the one of the greatest conversations i've ever had i think on a podcast uh with uh, shot show if you want to know kind of how it works behind the scenes what's all it all's involved and not just shot show but the national shooting sports foundation and a lot of the different things they do in the history of it uh and the implications that it has uh for the industry which supports uh gives us the toys and the tools uh, that we utilize to practice our Second Amendment rights. Uh, so, yeah, go check that one out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, with that one, I think we're going to call this done. Uh, and remember, until next time, don't forget to change by our freedom.